0: Here with ashley pishi she was on life on the rock with she's executive director of creatio and um and you went our appetite with your conversion you had a conversion three years ago mm-hmm. and life on the rock's short now so we don't have time to get into all that but tell us a bit more about your conversion to catholicism
1: yeah um i think and I mentioned uh, when we were talking at Life in the Rock that it, uh, suffering had a lot to do with it. So my curiosity around um, suffering, what it means to suffer, why we suffer, how to suffer well. Um, and I think the kind of arc that in the past year has become more clear um, as, as um, something that has led me to the church has been uh, my relationship with my father actually. So he was um, mentally ill, so um, was never officially diagnosed, but. Um, Looking back, uh, we think he had some some elements of of schizophrenia um, and um, was somewhat sociopathic and so lack of empathy. um, And we saw kind of that mix of things um, play out throughout his life and and I think my interaction with that as a child growing up and then as an adult as well. led to a lot of my questioning and, and, and kind of going to philosophy for answers, which it, it, and it's just been in the past year. So I converted recently. So I've been doing a lot of uh, over the past couple of years, kind of looking back on my life and looking for God's grace. And, and when it was apparent and I, I couldn't see it previously. Um, and a lot of what I see has to do with this, this kind of like overarching um, yeah, kind of source of suffering in my life. So,
0: and you did graduate work at Georgetown. That's right. Did you take some Catholic... Theology classes or? No?
1: no, and you know, it's interesting. I, I wasn't Catholic when I was at Georgetown. So this was uh, uh, almost 20 years ago, um, 15 years ago. Um, but the one thing I do remember taking away from that was that uh, there was a debate at the time when I was there around um, the university that was attached to the college um, providing birth control and, and maybe support for abortion. And I had no opinions on it necessarily. I remember thinking, um, that it wasn't that attractive that they weren't standing for something. <laughs> that was like my first thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and had some curiosity around that too because I, I, I heard you know, Catholics kind of fighting around that and I, I didn't really understand the argument, but I was like, oh, that's interesting that there's, it would be more attractive to me if, if, if there was like an actual strong stance here, yeah. um, even though I, I don't really have a deep opinion about that. So right. uh, yeah, I, I went to Georgetown um, as someone with no no real religion and, and, right. and no connection to the Catholic church. And that was my, and didn't really find it there. Right. That was, mm-hmm. that was my one kind of takeaway from that was like, ah, there's, they're trying to figure things out too. Yeah. Um, Cause it yeah. wasn't clear.
0: Yeah. And yeah, you really, it seemed like your story and work you've done very energetic, self-motivated seeker, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And you grew up not far from Washington DC. Right. And uh, how did, how did you, Get that? I mean, that's a
1: yeah. Um, so I mentioned I've always uh, yeah I've, I've been I think mission driven is the one thing I can say I've, driven, I've been consistently yeah. um, and uh, so education was a very important um, uh, kind of value essentially in my family. Um, my father grew up in outside of Camden, New Jersey, um, in a very poor family. And he met my mother at Northwestern University. Um, and so he, he was, you know, kind of an exception um, to the community that he grew up in. Um, and and both he and my mother instilled um, the value of, of education um, in my brother and I. And so that was something I was always interested in. And I could see that, I, you know, I had cousins in, um, that, that stayed in, in, you know, the area where my father grew up and, and even cousins, um, yeah, and, and family members that did not have the opportunities that my brother and I had. Um, and this is when I was younger and, and thinking, oh, this is like education is, is kind of a key to unlocking uh, a life of, of choice, at least um, in this country. And so it was very you know, mission driven around that. And so when I graduated from college, um, uh, worked at Georgetown actually as an education researcher and then wanted to be closer to the action. Um was in d c during the time of ed reform and then jumped into working with uh, one of the lowest performing schools in d c to see if I could help um, yeah. figure that out and then then started my career from there.
0: yeah, and I guess I guess it's striking you you're not going for the money, right? you working with, with school systems yeah. and now you're working quote unquote with the church, you know yeah. spiritual projects. Um right. and uh, but the other theme of suffering you said was, with your children, right? That's right, right?
1: Yeah. yes. So, um, and this all kind of happened at the same time. So I mentioned my father before, so he was very sick. We, um, uh, as I was growing up, um, I, I was very close to him. Um, so I lived with him solely for a time when I was in high school um, and was, uh, when I was in middle school was the first time that he told me that he relied on me um, for his own mental health. So I, I was the one who was responsible for making sure he was um, in a good spot mentally. Um, and in middle school was the first time he told me that he you know, was at risk of, of taking his own life, committing suicide, and I could help him with that. So that was kind of the, the burden I carried with that. Um, and then uh, after college, my father and I, uh, well, he, he essentially left, so we weren't in communication anymore. Um, and uh, about five or six years later, um, had my children. And so got married. Um, had had our children and they were born very early. So they were born at 26 weeks. Mm. My daughter was one pound, 14 ounces when she was born. My son was two pounds, one ounce when he was born. Um, and they were twins. So we had them yeah. both at the same time. And so... That's kind
0: of like at the limit, isn't it? That's that is, yes. Yeah. So
1: at 24 weeks is the very limit. They won't... Mm. Um, hospitals won't... And insurance won't cover mm. any treatment before that. So they were right at the edge and, and even yeah. small for 26 weeks. Um, and so that was a long... Uh, journey uh, through the NICU, so the Neonative intensive care unit, for a couple of months, and then even when they came home, um, yeah, it was it was very tough. So we had seen them when they were in the NICU, you know, stop breathing, heartbeat uh, stop on uh, multiple occasions. We were told that you know outcomes were not good, and we should be preparing ourselves for that, um, and all the way up and through probably two years, um, it was it was survival mode essentially for us. Um, to try to make sure that they had what they needed and they were uh, they were growing um, and for me as a mother not to carry any guilt over that right even yeah. though rationally speaking and thinking about it it was you know there was no guilt to be had but still felt that as, as their their sole protector um, or their primary protector um, and caregiver so working through that was difficult and and I reached out to my father during that time actually and 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 couldn't rekindle that relationship either and so those things kind of collided. Um, and then it was probably a couple of years after that, about five or six years after that, um, my father actually did commit suicide, um, And that, was, that happened two months after I was baptized, actually, so it all. It all kind of coincided with my conversion, um, as I was working through my relationship with my father and um, managing uh, caring for our kids and, and going through that process. Um, was looking for answers and was I'm just super grateful that I had nudges along the way to, to look to the Catholic Church for those answers. Mm-hmm. The first one being when I forgave my father, so I wrote him a letter to forgive him um, and, and sent it. Never heard a response and, and wasn't expecting anything, but felt different afterwards, so felt a sense of peace that I'd never felt before, and, and so I started thinking there was something Maybe there is something to, um, yeah. you know, to this. <laughs> uh, and so um, started looking from there and then. Um, have,
0: so you said you you felt peace. After I forgave him. my uh, father. Yes. And you were motivated to do that because of.
1: I don't know. So That's the first. Yeah. That's the biggest instance where I look back and, and see God's grace. I just yeah. remember, you know, didn't feel any different than I did the day before. Um, had held a lot of resentment towards him um, at that point in my life. And. Uh, sat down at the coffee shop, and I I write just to, I journal, and just, just wrote a letter to my father forgiving him and asking for forgiveness, Um, and and had, yeah, just a a perspective of the whole situation I'd never, I'd never experienced before, and so when I look back on my life, I I say that that is, that's one clear instance where I could see God working, um, Mm. and I I didn't really know why, (laughs) or how. I guess,
0: well, hopefully, you went through RCIA, so they hopefully they told you about the importance of forgiveness. But uh, right. I guess yeah, that's beautiful. That was, you were able to do it, though. I mean, a lot of people struggle with that. And, that's right.
1: Yeah. And that was after I didn't go to RCIA until after that, so it was.
0: Oh, I thought it was after you're baptized. He
1: after after I was baptized, he did commit suicide. But uh, this was a couple years before that. Oh, I wrote him a note. Oh. Okay, um, to okay. forgive him and um, and that. So when I felt different afterwards, not having gone through RCIA or, or yeah. having like the knowing oh. what that actually meant. Oh, I see. Um, yeah. Then I got curious, like, oh, there is, like, I'd heard growing up, like, it's you need to forgive people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but didn't know how powerful it was until yeah. I, I I actually experienced it for myself. And then, um, yeah, I got even more curious about what is what is here. Like, what are the church's teachings that, that I could learn from that could help me with what I'm suffering with right now? Yeah. Um, so That's
0: yeah. interesting. So, like, yeah, kind of wanting more, even more of peace, maybe. Mm-hmm. Drew you closer to God.
1: That's
0: right. Yeah, and then I was wondering too, like with your sick children,
1: mm-hmm.
0: was it was part of it too? Just I want to find God so He can help me and help my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine you're praying and stuff, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. was that part of it? Like wanting a deeper relationship to help your kids, even or <laughs> trying to get some power to help your kids. It right? was.
1: Yeah. Um, but I would say I wasn't even there yet. I was. I was. Um, I was struggling myself. Like, I knew that, I, that if I wasn't healthy, I wasn't going to be able to oh, right, help right, my kids. Right. Um, and I was struggling so much that I was yeah. starting to feel, um, yeah, just the weight of, of yeah. everything yeah. come down on me. Yeah. Um, and I was scared for my own survival. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so I was seeking more out of, out of desperation in that sense. Um, yeah. But then once I, yeah, had steps that I had mentioned, forgive my yeah. father, gave me some peace. Um, um, and... Um, yeah, trying to see – once our, our kids ended up – they they progressed. And, and once we were out of um, the period where um, we knew there, were, there weren't going to be any serious implications, that um, I could step back and start to see the big picture there as well. And that's when I started to say, oh, I, I need – I can't do this on my own. right? Like I need yeah. something else or someone else to help me. Um, yeah. And then started thinking about, yes, I need this for my family. I need this for my kids. I need this for my husband, for myself. Um, and then once um, – once I, I went through RCA and became baptized, I had another experience of, of, of peace that was, that was profound after my baptism. So that led me mm. even deeper. Um,
0: what did that feel like? How would you describe that?
1: Yeah, it was, it was funny. I laugh about it because I obviously made the choice to join the church, and so I believed. <laughs> um, but it was another instance where um, it wasn't until, you know, as I mentioned, I got baptized two, years, two months later. My, my father committed suicide I was able to support my family through that um, and looking back uh, and talking to people during that time i I don't think I would have survived that without having gone through my conversion process or at least started my conversion process at that point and being able to lean on 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 God um, and being able to pray for him after after death, which is super helpful. Um, but then I would say towards the end of that year, so you know was baptized at Easter towards the end of that year in 2019 um, was praying pretty consistently and and w- just had more clarity throughout my day, right? Like felt at peace. So I had always suffered from anxiety that was going away, um, had more clarity about what to prioritize and what to focus on during the day um, and felt at the end of the day, instead of, you know, recounting all the things that, that didn't go right was, was filled with gratitude. Um, and, and I couldn't think of anything that had changed except I was praying more and, and would and you, I had gotten baptized.
0: <laughs> and you incorporated that in your prayer, like thanking God specifically for things that happened? Did somebody tell you to do that? or did...
1: um, Yes. Yeah, so I had learned some of that for yeah. sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was another instance where I didn't expect to feel different necessarily. <laughs> right? So I was doing mm-hmm. it. Um, but felt profoundly different. So it was the same experience uh, I had after I forgave uh, my father to say like, oh, this is I feel yeah. almost like a different person. I didn't know it was right. going to go this, this deep. Um, and at that point, that was when I started thinking, um, you know, I was still working in education and still caring very deeply for the children that I was serving, um, but seeing the children and knowing my own life story, like education, I couldn't educate my way out of suffering. Um, yeah. And um, it was finding you know, truth and finding Jesus that helped me through that situation. So I wanted to share that more so than educational opportunities. So I was looking for ways to work with the church um, after that.
0: And then how did you get, bring in the whole nature thing?
1: Yeah, that was, that was fortunate. I was not looking for that. So I, I actually was looking to work for the, you know, the Catholic schools office yeah. or, or something yeah. in education, Catholic education, yeah. cause that seemed like a natural transition for me. Um, and in talking to um, the folks of the Archdiocese where I live in Denver, um, just heard that that, that Creazio, um, the apostle that I lead right now, mm-hmm. had an opening for an executive director and they were looking for someone who had experience leading a nonprofit organization. And so I had done that, um, with, with charter school networks, um, which are large nonprofit organizations, um, that are very mission driven. So it had, mm-hmm. had similarities there. Um, and, and yeah, was fortunate enough to, to be offered the position. Uh, and you know, my husband and I moved to Colorado because we, we felt peace in the mountains. Like as when we were closer to nature, we, we felt that peace as well. Um, and I, I've always been very active and, and into the outdoors, so it's it's been a beautiful marriage of, of things that I love.
0: <laughs> mm. Like just personally, or like scouting, or something, or was it? Yeah,
1: you know, just personally. Personally, so, yeah. um, interested in yeah. Uh, mm. So we move, We our family snowboards. Um, my cousin and I met in college uh, on the track teams. We've always been very physically active, mm. um, and so. Uh yeah, that, that's been kind of a separate part of my life, but it's, it's been amazing this past year. I've been with Kratso for a year to work to integrate all aspects of life, right? So, wow. so my family life, um, kind of what I'm doing when I'm on mission, and then also um, the kind of mind-body-nature connection that I, that I love as well. So yeah. it's been amazing. What was your event in track? <laughs> I was in high school, I was a heptathlete. So oh, wow. um, I did multi-events, and then in college... Uh, I was mostly a jumper, so high jump, long jump is what okay. I specialized in. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so snowboarding and stuff got you out into the woods. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: and do you, do you lead, give some of the talks to the people that go on excursions? Like what, what are some of the topics you speak on?
1: Yeah, so I'm not doing much of that yet. Um, I would say this first year has been, I've been focused on uh, just growing our focus on the people on the team, right? So what I mentioned, when I, on Life on the Rock, I mentioned that we had four people on the team when I joined. We're going to have 12 in the fall. Um, So I've spent most of my time focused on building up our missionary guide program. Mm. Our missionaries are are young people who um, serve as Catholic missionaries for two years, and um, they're between 22 and and 30 right now. And they are the primary people who are out on our trips. We train them to be outdoor guides, so they get professional training, um, you know, wilderness first response training, and... Mm and outdoor guide uh, certifications. And then they also go through formation um, to be able to lead these talks. And so I've been focused on strengthening that program such that we can have our missionaries be right. the face of Creazio. Um, but we do have, I mean, we have all, all age ranges. Um, I'm almost 40, so I, I, I connect with, uh, you know, uh, our groups of people that are that are older than what our missionaries are, which is, you know, young adults in college or just out of college or high school. Um, So myself and and, um, uh, our director of mission integration, Chris Lanciotti is the consecrated lay brother with a small community in Denver. And so we will lead um, talks Mm. and and, and trips for older groups that come along with us. Okay.
0: Yeah. Do you work with different priests and things? Like, they accompany the mission trip? We do.
1: Yes, so we have, there's a priest on our board. um, And so he will accompany us on trips and then we, Denver actually has a very active community of of, of active priests, yeah, <laughs> like physically yeah, active priests. Yeah. So a lot of priests that like to ski and, and climb and, yeah. and do backcountry you know trips. Um, and so we're plugged into them as well. Okay. Um, and they and yeah, Denver's community is is a blessing in and of itself. Um, so there are a lot of connections we have there with with younger priests too who, who are interested yeah. in this um, the power of nature to evangelize um, when we get young people out there. Hmm
0: your board member priest what's his name yeah.
1: sean conroy so he is he's new he's he just finished his first year of, okay. uh, of being a priest he just graduated from the seminary yeah. seminary um but we yeah we have priests that we've worked with for a while now who are who are still in denver and still active yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah i got uh the priest in boulder there at the, the campus father peter father yeah father peter yes Messer, yeah Yes. Do you ever work with him? Or, yeah, yeah. We,
1: so we used to, so we, used to um, we weren't based out of Boulder ever, but we spent a lot of time on Boulder's campus. Yeah. Um, and we had kind of a home base um, with Father Peter and, and his uh, oh, Catholic they, student they, like life center. Because yeah. um, that was a great way to reach out to Catholics and non-Catholic students. Um, and, and there's a lot of excitement around doing anything in the backcountry in Boulder. And so we would get groups yeah. of students together and just go out and... Um, get them to go on mission trips and that would, and we'd, we'd hear, you know, great reflections there too. So right. we did, yes, work with Father Peter.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and the missionaries, are they, are they volunteer or are they, they, yeah.
1: they are. So they fully, so we actually, um, we have a similar model to focus um, mm-hmm. uh, where their missionaries are fully support raised. So they, they raise their entire salary. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do that within two months. So they have to get, they have to hit minimum wage, which is around $30,000. <laughs> um and that's what they focus on the first two months that they're with us wow. um and we have we actually have a, the the person who um who trains focus missionaries on how to do this actually trains our missionaries too um and so they are they're fully volunteer um young people who who give their lives for two years to this yeah. to this mission which is amazing
0: yeah and do they mostly like go to churches like speak after at the end of mass kind of thing give-
1: Yes, so we, we do some um, local outreach and we're, we're, we're trying to do more of that, actually. Um, we actually are very busy. So we have yeah. close to 40 trips this year and our missionaries, actually this week, actually on the way here, so I flew in from Denver and had a layover in Houston and I, I ran into two of our <laughs> missionaries in Houston on their layover yeah. from Costa Rica going back home and then they're going to Galapagos in two weeks. So they're, uh-huh. they're super busy, especially in the summertime. Yeah. Um, so I would say we, it, it goes in, in season. So in the summer, we're very focused on um, leading trips, like planning, leading, following up with people who right. are on our trips um, to try to build that community. And then in the wintertime, when we're a little less busy, um, is when we'll be, yes, giving talks at, at churches or breweries, um, giving a, like a climbing clinic uh, in the yeah. afternoon and, and inviting people just to, to hang out.
0: And the fundraising would be, the asking would be like at a church or a...
1: That's so right. they, oh, so they yeah. individually, they do most of their fundraising at home. So they use their networks. Um, okay. And so for the first two months, they are where they choose, but they, they mostly choose to be at home. Um, yeah. to, yes, and they'll talk in their own local parish. They'll, they'll reach out to people. We have okay. some folks that we connect them with. Um, but they, they do a lot of um, uh, fundraising for their own salaries and their own networks. Yeah. And then centrally, it's actually my, my role. Um, and we have some staff members uh that, that fundraise for the entire organization. Um, yeah. so we can keep our prices affordable for everyone.
0: Right. Yeah, that must that's part of your background though, right? Working with charter schools. That's and right. Your education and stuff. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's a fundraising and um and and just which to me is I mean, yeah, I, I feel very um yeah, very grateful um and actually privileged to be able to work in positions essentially my entire career where I am where I'm on mission, right? So deeply yeah. connected to our mission and excited about it. Um, so the fundraising piece doesn't is not hard because I, I love talking about what we do. I think our missionaries are amazing. Um, I think what we do at Creazio is 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 beautiful um, and different than what we've seen anywhere else, really. And we're trying to really um, identify that and and grow. Um, and so it's yeah, it's I love to share what we're doing, which is yeah. which is what fundraising is for us.
0: And are most of the missionaries from Colorado or are they all No, over, huh? they're
1: from all over. So we actually hired our first missionary from Colorado this year. They'll be starting in August. Um, but they're from all over the, all over the country, wow. um, which is great. And we, we are looking to hire actually a missionary uh, potentially who is based in Costa Rica um, over the course of this next year as well, because we do a lot of mission trips there. Yeah. Um, uh, and it'd be nice to have somebody that's, that's based there too. So we mm-hmm. are, yeah, we, we recruit from everywhere. Um, and are looking for young people who are interested in, in kind of growing deeper in their own faith, their own knowledge of the Catholic worldview and, and interested in their, their culture, right? The culture of, of their generation and speaking into that. Um,
0: so it is mostly young people that go on these excursions, mission trips.
1: It but, is, yeah. yep. So we, I would say we are mostly 18 to 35. Um, so we'll take college groups out and then we, it really is um, college through like pre-vocation essentially. Yeah um, is who we see mostly on our trips. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we tailor our trips to that, but we do a lot of custom groups that, like I mentioned, will be families that come, um, Mm -hmm. that want to do a mission or, um, a group of older adults, um, that want to do, you know, a backcountry hut trip or something Uh, that's a little like a three day instead of a two week something.
0: Um,
1: yeah, so we're open to everyone, but our, our, when, when we're very upfront about it, like our pilgrimages and our experiences are, they're difficult like we're often going to pretty remote places mm-hmm. um, or you know on pilgrimage for two weeks and we don't have we don't bring support vehicles, right really like, mm-hmm. we are walking from place to place yeah um, and so we we tend to attract younger people just because of that as well yeah
0: are there any stories that maybe that motivate you or that touched you of people shared from the experience
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so we have store we have um, kind of uh, uh, like our legendary stories. So an, an older one is that we had um, a student from CU Boulder who went from, um, you know, interested in, in going on a trip with with Creazio all the way to becoming a nun, right? So that that mm. <laughs> that process um, is an amazing one, obviously. But um, I would say within the last year that I've been with Creazio, it's been amazing to see, Well, I would. So we have one question that we ask um, at the end of every trip, which is, um, no matter where you started, do you feel closer to Christ and His Church after this experience? And ninety-eight percent of people say yes. Um, And and we've seen that through. I've seen that over the past year that it's been. I can. We've we've done, you know, close to forty trips, and I can only think of um, maybe one occasion. where someone didn't answer you know, positive to yeah, that question, yeah. which is what we're trying to do, which is great. So we're trying yeah. to meet people where they are and bring them closer. Um, and I would say, <laughs> I don't know, we have a lot of good stories. So we, we do a, a, a small no, program. No midge.
0: Bigfoot sightings or anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: no Bigfoot sightings. We do have a lot of, I mean, adventure on our yeah, trips for sure. Yeah, um, yeah every, every experience has its, has its thing. <laughs> yeah. um, but we also have a, a, I mean, yeah, obviously we have a lot of insurance, but we have never had to use it, which is another right. blessing. <laughs> so right. we haven't had anything. We we'd go through a lot of training to make sure that we're safe yeah. during our trips. Um, but I would say, um, yeah, during our experiences, we have a small um, uh, pilgrimage in New Mexico that we do from Taos, New Mexico, down to Chimayo, um, which is very difficult. There's a mountain pass day where it's 17 miles you have to go up, up up and through a mountain pass um and uh at the time we were doing it this this year actually there was a lot of snow um later into the season than usual and Mm -hmm. so we had some groups that were post-holing which means that you're like you're stepping into the snow and stepping out of it (laughs) not on top of it uh which is very difficult for 17 miles um and uh at the end of it we were our guides were almost apologetic like like, oh we're so sorry like we didn't you know that was that was almost too much suffering um but we got the best reviews from that from that trip to say like oh no He's like you were you were positive the whole way through like this is like I I needed I needed the this challenge. to push myself yeah. to this level, yeah. Yeah. Um, to gain the full experience and so I think the gratitude that we see from our participants um, mm-hmm. and and the community that's built in, in a short amount of time in our trips is is super inspiring um, mm-hmm. and the fact that we have most of our businesses from referrals right so we we have Ooh. participants that come back again and again that bring their friends that's what we want to we want to be we want to be a place to bring to bring your friends whether they're yeah. catholic or not um but to be a welcoming place to to have an experience um and go yeah. deeper
0: yeah what's so neat too you can really you can design it how you want it mm-hmm. maybe it's a radically different trip maybe even more mission oriented the That's next right. year or something and
1: uh yeah yeah
0: and yeah i like what you said on the show about yeah just you know nature plus reflection you know god's speaking to us and i Come to appreciate that more in my life just to get out of our, as I said on the show, just the routine and the rut mm-hmm. and the pressures of maybe life and, and that decompress and kind of, oh yeah, this is what it's like to be a human being. I guess, right? That's right. <laughs> yep.
1: I have a quote actually. I have to yeah. find it. So you give me a second. Yeah. But um, yeah. And we say, so we, um, and there's always a tendency, right? And we, we, we look to other organizations that are that are secular too, and how they do kind of outdoor leadership education. Um, we did a little bit of research and have talked to the folks at Outward Bound, um, and oh, they yeah. do a little bit of um, leadership plus values education in nature, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have yes, and we have talks that we give um, that we practice, and and we talk a lot about um, kind of the way of beauty uh, in terms of evangelization, right? Like how to how to mm-hmm. facilitate encounter with uh, authentic encounter with beauty, um, and how to recognize that in people, and and kind of walk alongside them in that. Um, so we do have a bit of a curriculum, um, but we do I think something that is that is super important that we always are reminding ourselves of is, is that, you know, it's not us that evangelizes, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's it's we have to allow um, the Holy Spirit to work, and it's our job yeah. to really facilitate the right environment for that to happen. Right. Um, right. And. And so we think a lot about, like, where are we taking people and what are we doing and how are we supporting them um, in, in, yeah, in, in their, wherever they are in, in their conversion, right? And yeah. how are we recognizing that? How are we, um, as a team, recognizing conversion in ourselves, <laughs> in oh, each yeah. other, and then able to see that in others um, yeah. and kind of walk alongside yeah. them in that way. Yeah. I'll see if I can find this. Yeah. Um, but, oh, yeah, well. it is nature that does the work. And we are just, we're trying to. To make it such that it can it can happen
0: yeah i went to school out and Colorado school of mines in golden oh yeah yeah we That's were out awesome. there a couple of years ago and i drove up to boulder and i just just that drive i forgot what highway it is but from golden to boulder it was i just like took my breath away i just mm-hmm. forgot how beautiful it is and, and how powerful you know just like simple things and driving and stuff you know and just looking and Maybe just taking a break, you know, and get out of the car and look at enjoy all
1: this stuff. That's right. Yeah, um, and it's funny as a as a you know we moved to Colorado recently, and so we're still every time I see the mountains, I'm like in awe. Right. <laughs> and it's right. and we have a lot of friends that are from Colorado, right? And they and, and this is not everyone, but we have some friends that are like, oh, I never go to the mountains or look at them or think yeah. about them, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh my yeah. gosh, it's right here. Like it's so. And that happens to be my, I mean, I love the mountains, right? Some people love the beach, and some people. I mean, there's all yeah. kinds of, of things to appreciate. Um, but it is nice to to have that constant reminder, yeah. um, and it's nice to take people out of out of their their day to day, and and kind of overwhelm them with with the beauty. Yeah. Um,
0: there's even like sexual or secular there secular mm-hmm. uh, studies, and people are talking about it that. Um, you know, just with all the screen time we have today, just to spend, you know, whatever, a handful of minutes outside. That's right. Can just nurture us, can calm us, speak to us. There's something about you know, being in the front of a screen, and I don't know, it can distract you, I guess, and maybe relax you that way a little bit, mm-hmm. but it doesn't like nurture you, like being outside. You know, it's like you're stimulated, Yep. but it's like you don't really, encounter something deeper and things and um and so they're talking about the importance of that like with young people and kids today and yeah, and i I've, I've made these videos for life on the rock and just just talking about just a little walk you know i i kind of i might mean, grow up in the boy scouts loving the outdoors and all that stuff but i during COVID i started taking walks just to kind of de-stress from it and it uh i realized and the importance of it and just try to do it more often
1: that's and, right uh, yeah. yeah and you don't recognize um yeah like how how plugged in you are <laughs> necessarily until you get away right. from it right. right um so that's been and even myself personally has been a journey for me i uh so my husband and i were were some of the first people to join facebook so we were in college at the same time that facebook started um and in college at um, at a school that was close to um, where Mark Zuckerberg actually was, so at Brown, mm. so we, we were, uh, I was like top 100, like the first 100 people that like get Facebook. So we were, mm. we were hooked on it from the very beginning, and that's one wow. aspect of of social media, or whatever. But, um, and I'd say about three or four years ago. We, we kind of cut ties with all social media. Um, but recognizing how difficult that was to do was... Like a 17-year addiction. Yes. <laughs> yes. is it was, it was pretty sad. So it was, I mean, you don't re- recognize how, how it, it seeps into your life in all ways, right? Yeah. And um, So, yeah, even my own personal experience was trying to, like, you know, disconnect from a portion of, of what yeah. was being fed to us um, was eye-opening for, for me. <laughs> um, and now, yeah, every chance I get, I try to be... Um, out in nature and with and, and bring others into it, which is yeah. why it's been an amazing year to to find this apostolate and and be able to contribute, you know, my experience um, and skills and and learn more than I'm able to contribute. Actually, um, about uh, evangelization and apostolate and um, and working closely with the church. So yeah. it's been it's been beautiful.
0: Yeah. Did you find that close? Or- nope. <laughs>
1: Now I'm trying to Google it. And I'm still not finding it. So I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, I could.
0: We could take a little break. I could cut it, cut this out if you want to try to find
1: it. I'll out look one more time. It is. I mean, now I'm gonna say it, and it's gonna be underwhelming because it's it's gotten this huge build up.
0: <laughs> she did brown and George. That you're yeah. seriously educated. From, yeah, but that was the thing. It's like I.
1: Yes, and I I, w- I was and. Still couldn't figure it out, right? So it was that was my kind of aha moment where it's like it's not. Yes, education is important for sure, yeah. um, and it yeah has played a, a major role in my own life. But yeah. um, it wasn't the answer. I was still very lost and and looking for something. Um, and it wasn't until I started to to look to the church that I yeah. that I yeah that I be, became healthy or started to become healthy.
0: And how would you describe that something that you found
1: um it was i mean and it sounds maybe cliche and, and i've only really been able to identify it recently i think but it's it was it's god's love right so mm-hmm. um i think in my suffering a, a big portion of what i felt was was real deep loneliness um and the one question that I, and this was actually a couple months ago, so I, I'm, I feel like I'm maybe in the deepest part of my conversion right now, <laughs> like three years late after my baptism, because I'm doing a lot of reflection and, and kind of learning or trying to learn from my past experience. Um, but the one question I was afraid to ask about my own father um, here on earth was, did he love me, right? Because I was afraid that the answer was going to be no. Um, and all all signs pointed to no, and so uh, that was that was something that was that was hidden pretty deep, um, and led to a lot of like a lot of loneliness, um, and then I wasn't able to actually ask that question and, and confront it and address it until I had I was able to or open myself up to be able to receive God's love, right? To say like this is all I actually need, mm-hmm. um, so I can work through my relationships here. Um, on earth in a way that is healthy because I, I know I can rely on on God's love and, and I'm I'm still trying to and this will be a lifelong process obviously I, I, um but trying to learn how to really receive it well. Um, that's difficult. Mm-hmm. But um did yeah. it
0: help did it help you to recognize that your father did love you, maybe in ways that
1: Yes, and yeah. it was so I, I'd never really asked that question because I had been afraid to ask it. Um, I would say six months ago um, was actually the first time that I'd told my story to anyone. I told it to somebody else at Creazio. Um, and, and since then, I've told it to a lot of people because so I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> like I've been able to actually work through it. Um, uh, but the first time I told it um, was about six months ago and I, I, I just admitted that this is the question I've been afraid to ask. And within that week, um, I, got, I got two very clear messages. Um, one, actually an actual message from someone who knew my father, um, when I was like three years old, when I was a baby and, and he had heard that my father had died and he reached out to me via Facebook messenger. So I didn't have Facebook anymore. So I didn't see it for, I hadn't seen it. He sent it to me maybe a year ago and I saw it the week that, um, I asked this question. Um, there's an irony there, isn't there? (laughs) Right. I know he sent it way before and I could but I couldn't see it. Right. I literally couldn't see it. Um, so I saw it the week that I asked the question and he sent this, this beautiful message. So I was like, yeah, the one thing I remember about your father is that he would always talk about you. Right. And he, and he recounted the story that i had heard before. I don't remember it cause I was so young, but he said, you know, and you put, you know, peanut butter in the VCR machine or something. It was some like silly yeah. story. Um, and he was like, you were like, his like he was so proud of you. Like, so I got that message from that person. And then I heard from, um, my, uh, my, my brother, my stepbrothers, so my father remarried um, during his life and um, he had two other sons that I, that I also hadn't heard from in a long time and heard from him that week as well. And with the same message to say, hey, you know, it's really tragic what happened with, with your father, but um, he always wanted us to be like you. <laughs> mm-hmm. He you know, would always talk about you and, and he was always proud of you. And this is during a time when we weren't talking, right? So I had, I had no idea. Um, and so I, I actually received those two very clear messages as soon as I asked the question. Um, and, and yeah, there's no other way to interpret it. And so when, yeah. I, when I could start to think about it in a way that, that allowed me to answer the question um, to say, yes, he did love me, um, but was very sick. Um, then that was when I started to, yeah, that's when the real healing happened, yeah. um, which was amazing. And it is, I mean, I'm still going through it. So, so it yeah. is an amazing process to go through.
0: And the journaling really helped you? What, do you have a certain technique with journaling? I never yeah. could get in the journaling. <laughs> I tried, but it's like...
1: Yeah, it is. I don't have a certain technique. Um, I just... Um, I think I have a tendency to not address things. <laughs> so yeah. I'll keep it inside, and then that, yeah. that manifests as like anxiety or stress. Um, and so writing is just a way for me to get it, to out. Get it out. Yeah. yeah. So I, I try not to put any anything on it to say like i'm writing too much or not enough or i need to write in this way um but i find that i write a lot when i'm going through i mean i've written a lot this year probably more this year than in any other previous year because i'm trying to um i'm trying to process really quickly the Mm -hmm. conversion process i'm so interested in it um and i'm going through it myself um so it's been it's been an amazing year for sure how would you describe
0: you know we we call god our father and there's a powerful image in our earthly father that we just project that onto God, right? Mm-hmm. We just naturally, Mother Angelica talked about that a lot. Mm-hmm. She had a difficult relationship with her father. And how would you describe that father's love as contrasted maybe with the maternal love?
1: Yeah. Right. Um, I, so it's interesting. I, I mean, my father was very sick, but um, I did experience that love from him right? Um, which is why it was, it was so difficult for me, um, you know, in the last probably 15 years of his life when we weren't, we, we didn't have a good relationship, um, because we were very close um, as I was growing up. And, and there was no other, and, and it's, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful to him, to my father, for, for building that foundation, because I know it's so important, um, mm. especially for like a father and a daughter. Um, and so I, I did experience how important that father's love was and how, um, yeah, how unconditional it was when it was, when it was healthy. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but then could also see how, how we're all human. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and we all struggle with different things. And and he particularly struggled with, um, yeah, really expressing love (laughs) and empathy. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was difficult. That was a difficult combination, but I, but I, yeah, but I can, I feel, I, I know that he loved me and I know how important that was in my own um, you know, formation in childhood um, to get me to the point where I can, yeah, I'm, I'm healthy enough to be able to, to, to receive God's love and, and, and be focused on sharing that with others. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, I think I can see that comparison for sure. Mm. Um, and then when I think of God's love, it's, it, is, it is overwhelming because it's, it's, it can't be taken away, right? Where I, I, I feel like that was my experience with my, my actual father. Um, yeah, I feel secure that God's love will not, cannot be taken away, right? And so I, mm-hmm. I'm very motivated to um, to show my own gratitude for that um, and and change my life such that it, it reflects that fact. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I don't think I'm gonna find it. That's all <laughs> right, though.
0: <laughs> Maybe you just could you summarize the quote us? Um, yes, you it do is have a quote a play from to catch, so It's a <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's a quote from uh, Wisdom, Book of Wisdom. Oh. And it's just about nature and, and creation evangelizing. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I think it's 13.1 actually. I should, now that it yeah. actually comes to mind. Um, but that is, yeah, that is a, a scripture passage that, we, that we're that we recentering around at Creatio, where it's um, we just need to do the work such that we can facilitate the environment so that. Um, so God can do his work. Um, and, and for us, that means that we are, yeah, we are, we are curious about our own conversion process. We're, we're curious about that in other people and, um, yeah. and and are aware of, of, of creation's power to, to push us further in that space.
0: I think we have it here. And Is we that could, right? We could close the interview with you reading, if that's the right question. Yeah, let me see, <laughs> let
1: me see. I think it might be, let's see. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay it's all right
0: i know there's some quotes like there can, is we can yes. know god through his works and things is it 13 yeah, yeah. is that
1: 13-1 was that it
0: 13-1 oh yeah.
1: man maybe it's 113 that's okay
0: well I'll, I'll read that. so this is 13-4 okay and if men were amazed at their power and working like the things of creation, Mm -hmm. let them perceive from them how much more powerful is he who formed them.
1: That's right, that's great.
0: For from the greatness and beauty of created things, comes a corresponding perception of their creator.
1: That is actually it. That's exactly right, yeah. yeah.
0: That's Creazio, yeah. that's the goal, that's the mission.
1: That is our mission. <laughs> well, thank
0: you, Ashley, for sharing with us and uh, you're a great sport, I gotta say. So. <laughs> no, I
1: appreciate it. I, I'm yeah, humbled for the, about, uh, the invite and, and yeah, super grateful we could have this discussion this afternoon, so thank you for having me.